Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Well, and a happy motherfucking Friday! Oh, Jesus. You like that one? I uh, I can <laughs> confirm you don't have COVID. <laughs> that's the COVID test. That's the sound of a healthy lung right that's, there. That's the new COVID test. You guys go ahead and test it out at work, at home, or in the car. Dave was on on Monday. That's why he's not here today and also because he's screwing around in Las Vegas. But I do believe that he's going to get back on weekly at one point someday (laughs) in the coming weeks. We can manage a schedule. Welcome to After 9. Happy Friday, everybody. It is the first weekend of April. We are into a brand new month. And wow, there's a lot of stuff going on. Coming up in a few minutes, we've all heard stories in the news that made you cringe or that made you roll your eyes or made you go, hell yeah, when someone's trying to get back at an ex. Mm. We'll tell you, this one is diabolical. Really? Like, absolutely awful what she did to him. That's coming up on this episode of After 9. We are also going to talk about, uh, and this will be fun, a woman not happy that her man is going to a strip club. What she decided to do to teach him a lesson, different, different for sure. Hmm. We'll tell you that story coming up. Oh, I'm so curious about those already. It's an historic day. We'll do some news headlines. Canadian federal travel restrictions are easing a bit today. Vaccinated travelers are now allowed to enter Canada without having a negative COVID-19 test first. That's a... That's a great step if you hate wasting time and money. As someone <laughs> who has, uh, no, it's not all good, and I'll get to the bad in a second, but this is good that they've dropped at least something. This is the government which has been dragged, kicking and screaming all the way mm-hmm. through COVID, just like Ford was. Trudeau's been even worse. And this mandate that you have to have a negative test to get into Canada was ridiculous because everybody knows how, ridic- how easy it is to fool the test. I mean, I went to the States and I got a test as soon as I went over the border. I spent a day and a half screwing around, maskless, going to restaurants and going shopping and hanging out in in people's homes. But the test said I was negative, so I was fine to come back in. It should have never been in place and it never gave anybody a sense of security because we knew the whole thing was flawed. It was a, a gift to the testing industry. Yeah. It was the government saying they're doing something even though they knew it didn't do anything. You still have to get test uh, tested on the way in, though, to the States. Is that correct? If you're flying, if you're you flying. do. Yeah. Hey, okay, we, gotcha. We, we said it earlier this week. There's three countries. You know, the, the three Build Back Better countries, Canada, America, New Zealand. These are the countries that have these ridiculous mandates, whereas the rest of the world has dropped them. So Build Back Better yeah. is definitely something. It's, it's real. There's something behind it. But anyway, you don't have to have a negative test to get into Canada. This is great if you're a day tripper. 
If you live near the border and you just want to go over and, I don't know, buy something, fill up your tank with gas, which is, believe it or not, still cheaper there. Maybe you want to do a little Target run and pick up some Oreos. Yeah. Yeah, You can do that. I do. I do want to do that. (laughs) Well, now you don't need a test to get back in. But there's still a lot of restrictions in place for travelers. For example, the VAX mandate is still in place with no end in sight. They're also requiring everyone returning to Canada or coming to Canada, you must wear a mask for two weeks in public. So we'll give some good credit and some bad. Mm. I said that dropping the testing requirement was good, and that's true. Requiring people to wear a mask for two weeks, I guess it's fine. But again, don't get a false sense of security. Nothing's keeping COVID out of our borders. Nothing is. These were in place when Omicron came here from people that were fully vaccinated because those were the only people allowed to come here. Fully vaccinated, negative test, and Omicron still got in. Wearing masks for two weeks, I just don't know how you enforce that. Well, that's the thing is that you can't enforce it. And there's a difference between tests that they could enforce and now doing this. Uh, Okay, and maybe some people will listen. And if the thing is you do want to keep everybody around you safe. And if your workplace, for example, knows you were just out on a a trip or an excursion, you came back and you're not wearing your mask... Then, okay, maybe you'd be more likely to wear it. But again, you really, truly cannot enforce it because that person could still go anywhere, anywhere right now and and go maskless. But all right. The big one is still schools. Kids who traveled on March break Mm -hmm. up until today should still be wearing a mask. And a lot of them aren't. And teachers know, principals know, yeah, you traveled over March break and you're not wearing a mask. But what are they going to do about it? So that's a... It's probably a fine thing. Maybe it does make sense. Maybe it doesn't. I'm okay with it. I just think it's a little inconvenient and unenforceable. The vaccine mandate, I mean, that's a little ridiculous at this point. We have to figure out what we did right and what we did wrong. And I'm going to use the example of Brock University. You know, normally... Brock isn't exactly known for its academic achievements. I think generally people understand Brock is where you go when you're really out of options or you just need a piece of paper that says you went to post-secondary. Sting much. Well, fuck them. (laughs) Seriously, they have already brought back the mask mandate and reimposed the vaccine mandate. They just announced it last night. I don't know what these so-called higher education specialists don't understand about what's been going on. But for two years, you've had people wearing masks. You have a 100% vaccination rate on campus. And it's so bad that you have to bring back the mandates. What in your head there, Brock? I'd love to get in your heads. What makes you look around and say, well, what we've done for the last two years clearly didn't work. So let's do it again. What in your head makes you think that this is a smart idea? Or maybe do you just consider, you know, Maybe we can't stop it. Maybe we should just put some best practices in place and take away all the nonsensical ones that make people shake their heads. Do others follow suit is the question? Uh, Well, there's other schools that are just, yeah, U of W is not dropping theirs until the end of April. And at this point, they might not. I, I don't understand what people think that vax mandate is doing. It does nothing. There's a reason it's been dropped because it was completely ineffective. I feel for those students, by the way. There's a lot of um, teachers, professors that are doing what they can to help those students that aren't allowed on campus. But I just spoke to one not long ago who interviewed me. It happens from time to time where uh, broadcasting students and, or, or journalists, journalism students will want to chat with somebody who works in the industry. And I was just chatting with someone who is at home and they've been at home the whole time because mm-hmm. they are not 
vexed. And for the life of that person, they can't understand why, uh, because they're like, I, I literally haven't even been sick. And the, the people that I go to school with that I have projects with that I'm attempting to work with, and it's so difficult to do so when I'm at home and I can't technically be with them, although I'm sure that they managed to get together for group things. But she said like they, they were sick. I'm like, I haven't even been sick. This is ridiculous. And I yeah. can't step foot in my school that I'm paying the exact same money for. So I felt her frustration through that. And I I, I mean, I get it. There's a lot of frustration there. Uh, even with the planes and trains. Remember Trudeau during the campaign? If you want to get on a plane, if you want to get on a train, mm-hmm. you have to be fully vaccinated. Why? Everybody that came to Canada was fully vaccinated. And Omicron's here. It's running wild. Well, they say yeah, it's a sixth wave. You know, let's keep the masking for those things. I'm cool with that. But aside from that, there's um, no reason know. to have it. I, I mean, don't know. again, it's a huge country that you cannot drive across. So you need to fly or take some sort of mass transportation for them to say, well, either get the shot or you're fucked. It'll take you a week to get to the West Coast and it'll take you four days to get to the East Coast. It's just punitive. It's just punishing. Trudeau just hasn't learned. He hasn't or he doesn't want to admit he's wrong. He's an extremely stubborn man. There's no reason to have these mandates in place. And Omar Al-Gabra, the transportation minister, I swear, he just gets led around by the dick all through the House of Commons. Like, come here, come here, Omar. Here's what you're going to go out there and say today. And I know you know this is bullshit, but you're going to say it anyway, and you're going to look like the dumb one. Led by the dick. It's a good visual here. It's good. (laughs) Well, I mean, seriously. Uh, Meanwhile, here in Ontario, it's kind of the opposite. Yesterday, the media was hounding the health minister. What are you going to do? It's a sixth wave. What are we going to do? She said nothing. Nothing. We're, we knew that there'd be an uptick in infections and we have no plans to bring back any of the restrictions that were in place. The ones that recently got dropped. We just dropped some of these. Why would, aren't we supposed to wait and see how long it takes to take effect? Isn't that what the science said we were supposed to do? We, we did wait many times when we were waiting for restrictions to loosen. Why wouldn't we wait to put them back in? We don't need to put them back in. That's why. And, and Christine was quite right yesterday when she said, we did expect this and we're following the advice of Dr. Kieran Moore. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, Dr. Kieran Moore is a funny one because he was like a hero of the anti a hero of the uh, COVID zero crowd for a long time. But as soon as he started agreeing to drop mandates, just like Dr. Teresa Tam, our federal chief medical officer suggested then everybody turned on him too (laughs) it's kind of funny the irony of how that situation went down but either way ontario says no to new restrictions the feds dropped one and again that's a good thing but they do need to go much further uh this morning a historic day the pope offered an apology to Canada's indigenous populations. Mm -hmm. First Nations, Inui, and Métis delegates met with the Pope again today. When he met with the First Nations representatives yesterday, it was scheduled for one hour. It went two. Wow. And usually you don't get a second longer than you're promised with the Pope. But he sat there and listened to them for two hours and he heard their stories and he engaged Mm -hmm. with them. And then I don't know if this is a change of heart or if low-key this was planned all along. But this morning, he came out and offered an apology to them. So that's good. That's good progress. It that's is progress. part yeah. of what they wanted as part of the truth and reconciliation process. Uh, now they want the Pope to come here and apologize on Canadian soil. And apparently, the Vatican archives also have some things from those residential schools, whether it be records or artifacts or whatever, and the indigenous populations would like them back. Then there's also reparations. They were promised a lot of money and they haven't gotten the money mm-hmm. yet. So it's by far not done yet. But I think by and large, we're doing OK. Big step. Yeah. We got a great call from a listener this morning on our FM radio show. She's Ojibwe. And she was 
in tears just because she yeah. never thought this day would come. She never thought that there would be an apology from the church for the residential school mm-hmm. system. So, hey, that's good. If people are feeling good after that and, and we know the Pope is fully engaged, great. Down in America, President Biden has ordered the release of a million barrels of oil a day from America's Strategic Petroleum Reserve. A million barrels a day, every day, for six months to put so much gas in the market that prices will fall to near record low levels. Where the fuck is ours? Where's ours? How many times have we had to say that? Like, that's great. Cool, 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 cool. What about us? Exactly. What about us? Where are we at? Hey, I mean, either way, they have to replenish that strategic reserve. So it's still a smart idea for them to start buying Canadian oil. But either way, it's nice to see somebody doing something to try and do something about the price. Mm-hmm. We're exactly the opposite. We went up today because they raised the taxes on it. Oh, also up today, the taxes on booze. They're scheduled. Are you serious? It, it's an elevator tax. Oh, it goes fuck. up every single year. It drives me nuts, Cat, because it's not like the quality or services improved at the LCBO. So why would we be paying more? It doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. And I'm sure like across the board, it's, it's a small, unnoticeable amounts, but it definitely adds up for the, for the government. Yeah. And you know what? One of the things that drives me nuts is when people say things like, oh, who cares? It's only 50 cents. 50 cents. You don't have 50 cents. That's not the point. It's my 50 cents to do whatever I want with it. It's not Doug Ford's 50 cents. It's not Justin Trudeau's 50 cents. Right. Well, and when you have no choices, right? It's different if you, if you live in a place where you have options and you're like, okay, this bottle of wine is way too expensive here, but I'll go to the next shop and it'll be cheaper. That's not the case here in Ontario. No, and there's not even any competition. Yeah, we, don't get, we don't get chances for it's that. It's so frustrating. Uh, let me see if I can find you the specifics on how much taxes are going up. It's, uh, it's so frustrating <laughs> that this happens. Oh, also today, our politicians get a raise federally. Sure. Yeah, of Is course it federal they do. Or provincial. One of the sets of of politicians had a scheduled raise okay. that kicks in today. It's amazing how much stuff begins on April Fools. And I almost wonder sometimes. Is this a joke? Do they do that just so people <laughs> get skeptical? Are you kidding me? You must be kidding me. Yeah, I'm sure that they do. And speaking of the LCBO, I love how like those prices are going to go up, but we still don't have actual bucket beer. Like that's still actually not even a thing. <laughs> like that never went down. That was such a big thing. Before, like obviously way pre-COVID, but like it's like bucket beer, everybody. It's like you still can't get that, and you raise the prices on the other shit. Well, can we go back to the bucket beer because we were promised, and it's still not a bad idea. I don't idea. even really drink beer, and I feel bad for the people who are looking forward to that. I truly did because I, I know it's up to the it is up to the breweries. That said. Taxes are now 50% of the price of beer in Canada. When you go for a Unreal. beer, 50% the price of beer. 65, wow. 65% on wine, 75% on spirits. Tax on a liter of spirits goes to $12 and from $12.74 to $13.04. Beer to $13 from $13 to $13.82. Wine goes from $67 to $69. Per liter. Okay. These are tangible taxes. These are things that we shouldn't be paying. Uh, We'll just stop drinking. As you know, someone's thinking uh, that. Get the... (laughs) Stop it. You know, that's exactly what some people are thinking. The U.S. government now reviewing the deaths of two out of the five beluga whales that were sent to a Connecticut aquarium last year from Marine Land in Niagara Falls. Oh my God, these people, how are they still even open? A young male beluga named Havoc died at the Mystic Aquarium last summer and a young female named Havana died last month. 
The U.S. Aquarium also said last month that a third whale from Marineland was in intensive care. The whales were sent to Mystic in May of last year after they were sold by Marineland for an undisclosed price. I'll be honest, I didn't know that they were allowed to sell them. I thought they were donating them to this aquarium in Connecticut because Marineland is starting to wind down and because this aquarium in Connecticut was meant to care for them. Yeah, what does that sale, what does that transaction look like? How much is a whale? How much is how much is a beluga, first of all? How what is the insurance like on that? How does it work if the if the beluga you have every reason to believe probably died due to whatever they experienced at the other place? And let's all fucking be real here. We're pretty sure that's the case. Then what happens? You know, uh, a lot of questions. I think a lot of people, though, would have probably done a GoFundMe just to get the belugas out of the care of anyone at Marine Land. And it's not to, you know, uh, put down anyone who worked there necessarily wasn't that didn't have anything to do with it directly. But I mean, fuck, how much bad press can you get? Exactly. Why is that piece of garbage still open? I really don't know. But any I haven't been there in probably 10 years. Yeah, me too. Minimum for me. Yeah. And the 10 years ago that I was there. I remember comparing it to when I was there as a kid. It's really gone downhill. It's sad. It's like, depressing. There's fence posts falling over and there's like fucking deer running around. Yeah, I remember walking for like kilometers. Like, okay, guys, this way. It'll be fun. There's going to be like, a, it's the wildlife area. And that's all you saw was like six deer at the end of this long fucking three kilometer trek. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? Right. It was ridiculous. And and you know what? Whatever. I, I don't think that they're ever going to be a sponsor. So I have no problem going off on them. But I found it disgusting and disturbing. I'm not the type of person that, you know, refuses to go anywhere that there's animals being held. Um, I've, I've been to a zoo before, but I am also a very, very big fan of what some zoos do in terms of their repopulation programs that they have and um, environmental things that they do. And, and I'm aware of the sanctuaries and I try I do try my best to go in that area. So I'm not trying to put a halo over over my head when it comes to any of these places but being there was actually fucking depressing and i just couldn't help but wonder how the hell are they affording just to stay open it's crazy to me do you would you be okay with this if the government went to them and said listen we don't like the way you operate we don't like what you're doing we don't like that you're profiting off of these animals being in captivity so here's what we're going to do we are going to order you that if you want to stay open you will become a not-for-profit company you will follow very strict guidelines and then we'll actually let you have more animals providing you demonstrate that you can care for them. I actually don't mind zoos per se because I think zoos do a lot of work when it comes to conservation and and repopulation and so on and so forth. Uh, People are assholes and we need some of the breeds that are dying off very rapidly and some important research gets done at some of these facilities. It really does, yeah. If they turned it into more of a facility like that and less of a, hey, come see us... uh, lure a seal to jump through a hula hoop and give him a shitty fish at the end. You know, I don't want the commercialism of it. I'd like more of a learning component to it. And if that were the case and they proved that they did have proper facilities and that they could take care of the animals and they did a great job doing that, I I think I could probably go back. But right now in this commercial model, it just doesn't seem right. It feels dirty when I go there. I think they'd need a complete overhaul in order to do that. But it's not impossible, Scott. I mean, I think that that would require brand new ownership, first and foremost, and a complete rebrand. I think that the Marine Land name would never be able to live on after that. But hey, good idea. They have the facilities and, and everything else needed there. So you never know. Taco Bell. Raising some eyebrows after they announced that starting May the 1st, they're no longer going to allow kids under 10 to have their Diablo hot sauce. Apparently, uh, several parents complained that the Diablo sauce was just too hot for kids. So starting May the 1st, they're going to be asking for ID to get the sauce packets. 
in the drive-thru, staff will actually ask you if the Diablo sauce is for your kids. If you say yes, they won't even put it in the bag. Some critics are calling the move overreach by the fast food giant. Others quickly realize that this ridiculous story is not true. Today is April Fool's Day. Hey, you didn't fuck it up this time. I, Good for you. I, shut up the whole time. I didn't say a word. <laughs> Guys, I fucked this up so bad. So let me let me give you a quick let me give you a quick run through of what happened this morning, guys. So I got to work later than I wanted to because it's garbage day. I forgot it was garbage day. I'm going around in the fucking dark in my house collecting garbages and making sure it's out and stuff like that. And okay, great. So I get here a little bit later. So that said, usually I get a chance to go through every single one of my emails before we start the show. What do you know this morning is the morning I didn't do that. So Scott has a great feature, by the way. If you want to know what the fuck is going on in the world, it's called What You Need to Know. And it's just before every hour, before uh, 6, 7, 8, uh, and 9 o'clock in the morning, weekdays on our FM radio station. So as part of what you need to know, he had this that exact story he just told you in his What You Need to Know, very first edition. And of course, I'm very skeptical. I'm a skeptical human being. And I'm thinking that Scott is reading an article thinking that it's true. So as he's reading this Diablo hot sauce, I'm like, hold the fuck on here. What's going on? This can't be real. That's ridiculous. This is April Fool's. This is an April Fool's joke. Scott's like, fuck God, come on. You totally sucked the oxygen out of my bit. <laughs> didn't read your email i'm sorry you could have told me in person i did fucking tell you it was in the email you said it you could have said it i wouldn't have screwed it up but here i am going no that can't be true that's a lie flag that story is false i think you could hear me roll my eyes when you said this sounds like an april fool's joke (laughs) i'm sorry i I fucked that up for you man (laughs) i am hopefully we got someone here on the podcast though hope we got you Huh? Did we? You can tell there's, as soon as I started reading this story, people were like, no fucking way. Is Taco <laughs> Bell going to tell me how to raise my kids? If my kids want hot sauce, they're getting hot sauce. I'm going to give my kid double Diablo. Fuck that. Boycott Taco Bell. <laughs> Hashtag boycott TV. Uh, I saw one from Kraft Peanut Butter this morning. They didn't announce it is an April Fool's joke, but it certainly is that the bears were retiring. You know, like um, cute little Kraft bears. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You some know, of them are good. Some of them are bad. I can't. With the April Fool's, it just bugs me. I don't just mind you. We had a good one this morning. Oh. We had another. Go- we had an actual good one that I didn't fuck up. Finally, <laughs> so we did a pretty good one. We have a contest starting on our show. By the way, if you like money and winning free money, we start a new contest on our radio show on Monday morning. Very fun. It's called Scott and Cat's Chicken. Anyway, we set it up so that there was two actors pretending to play this game. And you're supposed to hear dollar amounts, but instead, because it's called Scott and Cat's Chicken, we just played chicken clucks. We got a ton of people this morning. They were like so confused. What? Cl- Guys, I money? can't hear the amounts. What's what? go- How much money do they win? And we were reacting to it like, oh boy, that's a lot of money. It was good. It was great. We fooled like hundreds of people. Yeah. The text messages we got after that were very angry. Very I, mad. Uh, I'm, people get I, very I feel, mad. I feel bad for whoever's going to reply to all those, but it sure as shit won't be us. <laughs> we avoided like the plague. <laughs> like, well... We're off now. Got to do the podcast. Before I get to this story about uh, how this woman got back at her ex who cheated, one quick thing. You know yesterday was insane. The winds were 90 kilometers an hour. It was like just shy of hurricane force winds. And I was driving. And I wasn't speeding. I was just going through my hood. And the wind picked up. And yesterday did happen to be garbage day in that part of the neighborhood. And... A garbage can, one of the big black ones, you see them at Canadian oh, yeah. Tire. It blew from the curb right out into the middle of the road. I didn't even have time to react. Like this thing moved faster than than a person would have. It just went whoosh right Ugh. in front of me. Oh shit. 
And and I was there and I was ready. I actually had two hands on the wheel for a change. I was looking out the window and not on my phone. I was good. I was ready for this. Good. And I hit it. But here's the thing. When I hit it, the noise it made. <laughs> I'm going to show you exactly what the noise yeah, yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Hang on. Hang on. Get that bad boy. So picture this. I'm just driving away. Then the wind starts picking up and I can feel the car start to rock and then boom, out of nowhere, garbage can, like practically jumped in front of my car. And then this. (laughs) (laughs) Did did you break it? I fucking smoked it. (laughs) At like 50 kilometers an hour, this garbage can took off like I fired a missile at the front of my car. Holy shit. It was fucking crazy. I was laughing so hard I had to pull over. I had tears in my eyes from laughing about this. It was fucked up. Lucky, could you imagine there was a person nearby and then you <laughs> hit the garbage can and oh. the garbage can knocked a person over? Well, then I had to go and, <laughs> and figure out what fucking house it came from. Because <laughs> I didn't want to be the guy. I didn't want to be involved in a hit and run per se, oh, but I'm Jesus. pissing myself laughing. Oh, man. I got out and got the garbage can and there's like a big fucking Honda logo on the side of it. <laughs> I can just picture you like giving it a pat when you're done putting away like here, there, there, there. Gotta get the fuck out of here. But, okay, so listen to this. This here. This. The sound a garbage can makes when it's impacted is great. Like I'm just driving. I got the radio on quietly and then. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big thunk. Oh, man. It was so, so good. Garbage can killer. Yeah, that's what I Murderer. Basically. Basically. (laughs) Rubbermaid murderer. (laughs) We call you the Rubbermaid killer. (laughs) When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, let's get to a whole bunch of different things here I, I want to talk about on this episode of After 9 before the weekend. Sometimes people go to extreme lengths to catch their significant other cheating oh, or, yeah. or hiding something from you. Yep. This woman took it to a whole next level. She told the story on TikTok her or that she was suspicious that her boyfriend was going to strip clubs even after he promised her he was going to stop going to strip clubs. Okay. She put a tracker of some sort on his car. Oh. They're easy to do. I mean, sure. Anybody can track anything. Air tags, tile. They're not hard. It's not like you have to be in the FBI to figure out how to do it. It's easy. So she put a tracker on his car, saw that he was at a strip club and she followed him, but she didn't confront him. She spoke to one of the dancers there. She borrowed an outfit. Oh, here we go. She stripped down to just her bra and a thong that one of the dancers gave her. I'd advise you probably not wear someone else's thong, but I I understand what you were going for. You wanted dramatic effect. Hey, Scott, sharing is caring. Come on. (laughs) Apparently, some of the girls in the back gave her a few pointers. And lo and behold, as her boyfriend is sitting right there in perverts row enjoying it, who comes on stage? His <gasps> girlfriend. He was in Pervert's Row, too? Yep, he was. Oh, he was just, he couldn't help himself, eh? 
she walked over to him and said, and I quote, you want a show, babe? Watch this show. She says he was obviously upset. She didn't care. She danced around a little, flipped him off and said, you'll never see me again. She made a hundred bucks in tips. Oh, hey. Pretty fucking good, right? <laughs> she might want to consider it. I'm just saying, that's well, not bad. The owner of the club even offered her a job. <laughs> True story. <laughs> was he just like mortified or did he like, was he like, I don't know if I should have a boner right now. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know I'm in trouble, but I also can't help but be excited. Yeah, I'm in shit, but fuck, am I ever hard? <laughs> oh, this is exciting. Turns out my fetish is getting in shit. <laughs> so he, uh, she said, no, she's done with stripping. She just did it to end things with this guy. Wow. And, and that's fine. But it, it's a tough thing when you go to the strippers, the dancers, if you will, the Canadian ballet. It's <laughs> tough when you go there because on one hand, you're a guy and and you you get turned on by naked women that's just one of the things that happens to men they get turned on when they see a naked woman dancing not around not all men but most yeah a, a maybe. lot of them do yeah <laughs> many men get turned on by women dancing around sure and and feigning interest in you and and that's one of their sales tactics sure to sell the table dances yeah so on one hand you're watching this go on and and you know that this is a business transaction they're getting paid you're paying for a service whatever you get the dance and you're good on the other hand a lot of guys have to think of it the other way. Would you want your wife up there doing that? Would you want your sister doing your that? Your daughter. Would you want your daughter <laughs> up on the pole doing that? And it's a conflicting thing. And I, I don't know how guy. maybe you just have to suspend the, the knowledge that, that that could or might happen. But uh, it, it is conflicting for a lot of guys. And I think a lot of guys have kind of stopped going. I don't know. That used to be a thing. My buddies would be like, hey, let's go to the casino really? and then hit the rippers. Nope. Nobody ever asks about that anymore. It's like, hey, let's go to the casino and go home. Does it get kind of weird, too, though, as you get older? Because the girls, you're getting older, but the girls on stage keep getting oh, younger. Don't say it like that. Well, it's true. I, I know I'm getting older. I don't need you to. No, me. but like just generally speaking, like if I went to a club right now, just as an example, there's about like 20 year olds around. Like, fuck that. I'm not going. I'm in my mid 30s. I'm too old for these strippers. I'm 35. I'm not going there. <laughs> Be like, they're gonna be like, someone's mom is here to get them. Someone's aunt or something. Maybe not mom yet, but aunt. Not doing it. One more thing. This is a weird comment from a loyal listener who also follows me on Instagram. Uh, she had a comment. I posted a picture yesterday of me at an event. I was at a Chamber of Commerce Business Awards on Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. And I posted a picture and it was real simple. It felt nice to do something normal, to go to an event, to get dressed up and talk to people and interact and have dinner with some people that I know and some strangers, meet new people, socialize, network. And I thought, I felt good about being there. I'm going to post a picture. It was me in a suit. So she replies on the picture, looking very trim. Not sure why you always Call yourself fat on the air. Quite the smoke show, actually. And would you respond with? Never, ever in my 40-ish years have I ever been called a smoke show. <laughs> would you do just like it, like awkwardly and not respond? No, I actually said that. I have never been called a smoke show. <laughs> Yeah, people on Instagram are great. <laughs> I gotta, I'm gonna print that off and get it blown up and framed. The one time in history I ever got called a smoke show.
Look at that comment right there when you get through your front door. There you go. Check that comment out. Look at the size of the head on that guy. That's what people are going to be thinking. Uh, story here about cheating. People seem to get really into the different ways that people have caught someone cheating. Oh, yeah. And or how they get back at someone for cheating. This one's pretty crazy. Uh, woman very upset after discovering her, discovering her partner had been unfaithful. So she went to his house. She went up to his room. She went through his drawers. And while going through the drawers, she found his birth certificate. The two of them were arguing. And right in front of them, she tore up her boyfriend's birth certificate what and, sh- fuck? and shouted, shut up, you don't exist anymore. Whoa, okay, crazy. <laughs> that was how she wanted to make the point that you're out of my life. In my head, you don't exist anymore. By tearing up his actual birth certificate. People are diabolical, aren't they? That's just, I mean. Like, why? I, I Okay, listen, if you want to, uh, oh, you know what? You cheated on me. I'm going to go cheat on you. I'll cheat on you with your best friend. I don't care how you do it. Let's leave the fucking legal documents out of it. <laughs> do you know what a pain in the ass it is to replace a birth certificate? Should, and you'll never get the original back. Never. It should be illegal. Is it not like illegal or something to purposely destroy a document like that? It might be, like, actually. Like, it's illegal to throw out money. Why wouldn't it be illegal to destroy that? That's a great question. I don't know. And for all I know, maybe it is illegal. Maybe he could pursue it and lay charges if he wanted to. I'm sure he probably could, but that's not the point. Even the charges aren't going to bring that original birth certificate back. In the heat of that moment, too. Like, some people are crazy for a little bit at a time. Like, maybe they go crazy because they just found something out, and then their crazy lasts, like, 30 seconds, and they fucking throw shit, and they're like, ah, and then they calm down. Other people's crazy lasts, like, hours, too. So we're not sure if maybe this just happened, and it was, like, minutes later. She's like, ah, and then maybe she regretted it. Maybe not. But there are some people who just go, it just ape shit, eh? Ape shit. That was so planned, though. I mean, she knew going in there, I think, what she wanted to do. Yeah, you don't exist. Like, that was thought out. That was premeditated. Yikes. Diabolical is a great word for it, Kat. Well, she's single. Tell me if this woman's on the right track or if if there's anything about this story that's appealing. It's a woman on Mumsnet. She's going to marry her boyfriend. She's currently living in his house, but she has no claim to it herself because they're not married. So in a nutshell, she's going to marry her boyfriend for financial security. Hmm. Some of her friends think she's being unreasonable. In her post, she explains, my partner and I are in our early 30s. We've been together for a year and a half. We've been living together for much of that time and we're very happy. When we met... I was living in a rental, following a divorce and the sale of our marital home. I'd planned to use my money from the sale of the purchase of the property for myself, but when I met my partner, he already had two properties, one he lives in and one he rents out. My partner owns his rental outright. He has a lot of equity in the other property, so he wasn't keen for us to live together in his place, resulting in me moving in. I've been living with my partner for some time now, We're happy in his place, but I'm left with a chunk of money I don't know what to do with and living in a home that isn't mine. So the woman thinks her best option, just marry the guy. And then it will be half hers. 
Oh, I mean, that's one way to do it. That's a very personal choice. Is he not willing to get a, to try to rent the, out the home that they're in? And if she has a chunk of change enough to buy a third property that could be theirs, that they do it that way? Thank you for thinking practically. That was my first thought. Fuck that. Let's have two rentals. Use her money. Buy a third place. Yeah. You'll have two other people paying the mortgages on all your properties. That's yeah. great. I guess they don't want to do that for whatever reason. But this woman wants that security. She wants that property. And she's ready to have a ring put on it. Just so she can achieve that. Is that a good reason to get married? Because I don't think she's alone. I think there's a lot of people out there who maybe aren't the happiest or maybe aren't in the perfect situation, but they've got everything they need and they're happy enough. So they go ahead and seal the deal. Yeah, that's I mean, for for me personally, there's only one reason why you should want to get married. And it's because you want to spend the rest of your life with that person. It should have nothing to do with financial or being practical or making the most sense or making it look good on paper or wanting to do it because you're going to have kids. So that seems like the right thing to do, maybe. But you don't really want it. You should want it. The 100 percent. That's what I want because I see you with me forever. And not to say that you have to get married if you want to be with that person forever. But that's not a reason to get married. Like you might as well just not. And is it not true as well if you have uh, if you if you live together anyway for a certain amount of time? Don't you have a lot of rights anyway? Yeah, that's kind of the way the laws work now. Right. So typically what would happen in this case is they would uh, if he owned the property outright before the relationship began, she doesn't really have any claim to it. And they would lay all that out. And if it ever comes to a divorce, they would go back and say, well, how much did you own then? How much is it worth now? Right. And they would divide up the difference, that sort of thing. Okay. okay, fine. But right now, she doesn't own anything, and he's not giving up any stake in his stuff, so she wants to marry him, so she does have a stake. And then at least on the appreciated value, she would have a claim to it, or she can at least say she does have some property. What we're missing here is, is his thoughts on all this. Yeah, I don't know. You know, like that's what's missing here for me. Does It, it sounds like she's saying that he's against it. You know, that he's against uh, wanting to make her co-owner, for example, of the first property with him or whatever. Or maybe he, it's his suggestion, like, let's just get married and that's the only way I'll let you do this. Hey, I if, don't know. If I, if I own a house outright and I get into a relationship with someone, as happy as I probably am that I'm in a relationship with someone, you don't get any part of this house right. that I worked hard to pay off. And that's probably the conversation that yeah, they're having. Maybe. I mean, hey, let's be honest. There's a business aspect to a relationship yeah. and, and you got to separate the two. And I'm sorry, but when it comes down to the end, if it ends in the big D word, divorce, in case there was another D word on your mind. <laughs> I hope it ends in that every night. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> then, uh, yeah, you right. have to have your ducks in a row and you've got to yeah. be covered. So... Interesting. Yeah. I mean, again, that's one way to do it, though. Everyone's different. You have to do things for the right reasons and feel confident about it, as long as she feels confident about it. A grandma has released a list of requests slash demands for her funeral. It's important to tell somebody what your final wishes are. And you don't need to wait until you're on your deathbed to say, I want to be cremated. You can lay all these things out and you can do it in a legal document. That's called a will. Or you can just make sure your intentions are known and shared with people that you care about, that you would want to follow through on those wishes. So grandma here, who apparently is known for being a little bit sassy, has released some details for the funeral director to follow when she has her final day. It says, these are my rules for my funeral. Listen up. 
you can cry, but don't cry too much. Don't make a fool of yourself. All right, Grandma. Bertha, not invited. Do not let her in. And you better get drunk afterwards. Have a shot for me. You better get drunk Aww. after the funeral. Aww. When she does go, I guess now, I guess if her family or friends uh, has access to this podcast or the story that was posted, they'll know about it. But what a wild thing. If you're thinking, oh, my God, what a sad day. Grandma passed away. We better find out what her, her last wishes were. Let's go through her will and find out what Grandma would have wanted. Well, she doesn't want us to cry more than necessary. She doesn't want us to let her bitch friend in. And she wants <laughs> us to get loaded afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's great. Yeah. That, that is great. And it, By the way, it, it is, um, you know, not, and not to get morbid on it, but I think it is really, really, especially when you know you're getting older, right? Especially at that time. And even when you have kids, it's important to set certain things out. But when you're talking specifically about funerals and your wishes after you die, it's really good to have those things all set in stone. My grandmother passed away a couple of years ago. She made it clear, you know, she had Alzheimer's. So toward the end, um, she knew when she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, I got to set this shit up now. And she told us all at the time, when I die, we're not doing no funeral, none of that shit, getting together and you guys are going to have a party and it's going to be on me and you're going to, you know, take shots and enjoy and drink. And and that's exactly what we did. The pandemic kind of screwed it up for us, but we finally got the chance to do, uh, it was a celebration of life party and there was a live band and we had music and there were shots and people got way too loaded and certain <clears throat> family members your family my, i'm yeah, shocked i know you know you know a couple of the people who stayed at the bar for a long 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 time uh but even if you want something different maybe you want something more somber i don't know who writes that in their will but okay fine maybe you want everyone crying and sad do that too but anyway those things are really actually are important and they stop fights from happening after you die between all of your relatives shit I, I don't know why our computer Sorry, is our doing co- that to well, us now. All of a sudden, now. it's just hanging out on it. Yeah, there we go. All right, well, maybe that's our sign. Maybe they're like, okay, it's Friday. Maybe Get that's my grandma up there All saying, right. yep, wrap it up. All right. Uh, Dave Blizzard obviously couldn't join us, as you know. So I have just a short list of apologies because I realized halfway through that was one of my duties on behalf of Dave Blizzard. So we'd like to apologize to Marine Land and the beluga whales that died. Uh, we'd like to apologize to strippers, garbage cans everywhere, specifically Rubbermaid, and Taco Bell. And our April Fool's joke that was okay. Should I apologize to Brock? You should definitely apologize to Brock. I apologize to the students who attend Brock. Oh, oh no, it cut out. Oh, no. We didn't apologize (laughs) to Brock. Uh, Sorry, Brock. We'll be friends again eventually. Have a good one, guys. At an airport in Chicago, a drunk man scaled a barbed wire fence, got onto the runway, stripped out of his clothes, and tried to stop a plane from taking off. Yep, even crazier, that's also how they board Group C on Southwest. According to a new study, men who eat excessive amounts of meat increase the risk of becoming infertile, so get ready for that to be an excuse. Baby, we don't eat condoms, I just had ribs. After more than two years, the CDC is no longer warning travelers about COVID risks on cruises. You know the CDC is tired when they start releasing statements like, do whatever you want, I... The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it.